Welcome to Interesting Times. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent, listener-supported podcast. To support the show, go to interestingtimespodcast.com. Today's episode is an interview with Jamie Jeffers of the excellent British History Podcast all about the dating of Easter. Uh, he's talked about the dating of Easter on his show and how it related to conflicts in early Britain. And if you're looking for something else to listen to, definitely go to thebritishhistorypodcast.com and check it out. Right now, he's covered everything from pre-Roman Britain up until the Anglo-Saxon period, and it's an amazing show. Please listen to it. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, Easter's on Sunday. It is. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Probably. Uh, d- are you doing anything to observe Easter? Uh, probably eating cabarets, mini eggs. That's about it. Okay. I, I hate those things. Really? Okay. Uh, but are you a fan? Of, of Easter or Cadbury mini eggs? Cadbury mini eggs. Oh, yeah. So typically what I do is I buy them on Monday uh, in bulk that are in such large quantities, they last me for the rest of the year. I have some in my cupboard right over there. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. Um, I, I have tried to like those because I know that a lot of other people do. They, they make my teeth hurt. Really? Yeah. The okay, the mini eggs though, not the um, not the ones that have the cream in them. Oh no, 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 I mean the cream ones. Okay, yeah, the cream ones. I uh, not a big fan. Yeah. Oh, the mini eggs are way better. Right. That's yeah. about as much like sweet thing as I want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And you have like three, and then you're good. Okay, so. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. So uh, Easter jumps around. It's not like St. Patrick's Day or Valentine's Day. Uh, no one ever knows where it is, right. and I have never really understood where Easter falls on the calendar, and I was raised Catholic. I was an altar boy, right. and I, a former altar boy, have, excuse me, we were altar servers, Right. <laughs> couldn't tell you how to reliably date Easter, but this is something you've talked about on the British History Podcast. Sort of. I've talked more along the lines of what... Uh, how, I've talked more about how the unreliable the unreliability of Easter has led to massive amounts of conflict, mm-hmm. and uh, even uh, over a thousand British monks getting killed by a pagan in divine retribution over the dating of Easter. Um, but the actual proper dating of Easter involves a lot of equations and stuff, and I haven't talked about it on the show because no one wants to hear equations on a podcast until now. So. How the hell do you decide when Easter is? Well, you got to start out first with, with the knowledge that Christians believe that the death and resurrection of Christ took place around the Jewish celebration of Passover. So everything here hinges on Passover. And the Jewish celebration of Passover takes place on the first full moon after the vernal equinox. So it's easy. So you just like find out when Passover is, and that's when Easter is, right? Sort of. And actually, the early Christians did that. They would actually go, because the Jewish calendar is a bit of a nightmare, but they would go to their Jewish neighbors, ask when Passover was, then the Jewish neighbors would probably have to consult a a huge table and get out their protractor. But eventually, they'd figure out when Passover was, and then they'd be like, okay, well, now we know when we need to celebrate Easter. And they would either do it on the day of Passover, others would do it on the following Sunday. And that was kind of how it was handled you know, by the end of the second century. But the weird thing is, is that about 50 years earlier, you had Christians who were always celebrating it on a Sunday, no matter what, which kind of works provided that you're on a lunar calendar. Mm -hmm. Because the way it all breaks down, 
we should probably explain what a vernal equinox is. The vernal equinox is also known as the spring equinox. Mm-hmm. And so that's the day that where day and night are nearly equal. They aren't perfectly equal. This whole thing, this whole discussion should probably completely blow apart the concept of intelligent design because, <laughs> because none of these datings really work quite right. Dude, if it was intelligently designed, all time would be decimal. That oh, would be great. Man. So so you get into this thing with the vernal equinox. It's nearly equal for day and night, but it isn't quite. But it's as close as we're going to get. But the thing about the vernal equinox is that it moves. And so we have the vernal equinox on different times and different days throughout history. But by the mid-2nd century, you started having people always celebrating Easter on the Sunday that was either on Passover or the Sunday after Passover, except for the quarter-decamens who were busy celebrating Easter on the full, first full moon that was two weeks into the month of March. Did you say a quarter-decamon? Yes. Okay. Is that like a die that I can roll in D&D. I hope it is, but I it's, it's what they're called. But but so you've got the 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 first full moon that was 2 weeks into the month of March, right? The 14th, which kind of works. Again, provided you're on the Jewish calendar. But if you're on a solar calendar, everything starts to fall apart. And that's why Easter is always so crazy because we live on a solar calendar, 365 days per year. Meanwhile, the Jewish calendar, which is what's used to uh compute Easter, well, it's what's used to compute uh, Passover, is uh, is based on the cycles of the moon, mm-hmm. which is 11 days shorter than a lunar calendar. Right. And so, uh, so you end up with all this crazy stuff going on where you have an, an extra 11 days per year that are called epacts. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. And... So over the course of several years, you end up with a whole bunch of these epacs. And so what they decide they're going to do is every time you end up with 30 epacs, you trade them in for an, for an extra month that you stick it into the calendar, right? But it gets even worse because actually <laughs> a lunar month is not 30 days long. We think it's 30 days long when we think about lunar months, but it's actually about 29 and a half days long. So you have some lunar months that are 29 days long and some that are 30 days long. And basically what happened was is that the Christians got so grumpy with how crazy the Jewish calendar was and how it didn't really work with the calendar that they were using for their daily life that they just kind of threw a fit and decided they wanted things to work out a little bit differently. Mm Mm-hmm. And thus you have the Council of Nicaea. You had a bunch of stuff decided at the Council of Nicaea. This was in 325 CE. But one of the things that they were deciding is what to do about Easter. Because it was a big celebration, but no one knew when the hell it was happening. And everybody was getting tired of having to find the nearest rabbi and be like, when is Passover and how do I figure this out? You know, I have to say that that is kind of like a great sort of interfaith ecumenical uh, image of Christians going and finding like, oh, we need to celebrate the most holy of Christian days. Let's find a Jewish guy to help us out. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's all part of the same tradition. It's it's, it's, uh, functionally the same God. But, uh, But yeah, it's just, it's so crazy. So what they ended up doing is they decided that Easter would be independent of the Jewish calendar. So problem solved. Mm -hmm. And then they decided that Easter would happen on the first Sunday after the first full moon on or after the vernal equinox. Unless it was on Passover, in which case it would be delayed for a week because reasons. Because they didn't want Easter and Passover over to coincide. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. So... 
I, and I, I don't know, like, did the death and resurrection, was Christ like, oh, well, Passover is coming up. I'll, I'll just wait a week. Uh, you know, like, you the know, whole it's thing in, is. It's interesting because when I was growing up and going to Catholic school, we were taught that the Last Supper was also Passover. Right. And I know that's something that various Christian traditions have not agreed on. Yeah. So it seems logical that it would sync up with Passover and avoiding Passover specifically seems weird. The the whole thing is a little bit dodgy and, and it's 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 how it is anytime you're dealing with a period of history that isn't very well recorded. And when you get religious beliefs mixing into that and oh it's just a mess. I, I in my show I get into uh, uh, the celebration of Christmas, which most Christians believe that uh, that Christ was born on the twenty fifth of December. That appears absolutely nowhere in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nowhere. And so it's and then when you look at the stories in the Bible, it sounds like spring. So you've got well, to with deal. the sheep and all. Yeah, and sleeping yeah. outside in the manger. Like you're you're dealing with an arid climate. It would have been cold as balls. No one's sleeping <laughs> in that manger. And so, you know, it's it, the whole thing is completely crazy. But but you know, it's a matter of faith and you just kind of deal with it. So, speaking of matters of faith, so Easter post-325 CE, you still have a lunar holiday, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's linked to, um, to Passover, sort of, you know. It's, it's being linked mostly to the vernal equinox. Um, but there's still the lunar attention, which is why you always celebrate it on a Sunday. And you're also paying attention to the first full moon, right? Hmm. But it's being merged with the solar calendar as well. Because the solar calendar is what the Catholic Church was using. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to merge uh, uh, these two calendars together. And they're also trying to uh, merge astronomy because the vernal equinox is an astronomical event all together into one thing. It doesn't really work out that well. And so consequently, you've got a bunch of church thinkers going and creating all kinds of different tables, figuring out when Easter should be. And mm. they have these, these crazy mathematical equations trying to work out exactly when it was supposed to be, uh, you know, getting all the elements to line up together. And this is known as computus or computus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they're, and they're doing this independently of each other, not necessarily communi- communicating with each other? Yeah, because the church was really big, right? Okay. And, so you and have, this is pre-Council of Nicaea? No, this is post-Council this of Nicaea. This is post-Council of Nicaea. This is the better version. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so now that it's all even better. Um, <laughs> so it's not like the Council of Nicaea just said, guys, we got it. No. There are still issues after that. No, it's a lot like how the Supreme Court works, where the Supreme Court says, okay, here's the new rule. And then all of a sudden, you have all the... Uh, the lower courts going and arguing over the exact wording that the Supreme Court used and mm. trying to work out how to, you know, put it back together again. Right. So as a consequence, you have all these different tables and all these different equations, and they all work they all work on different cycles. They all cycle eventually, right? And so you have some that will cycle at, uh, after like eight years, some after 1994, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Like over 500-year cycles are out there. Like there's all kinds of different cycles, and they're all put together by different thinkers within the church. And it took centuries before there started to be any table that started to get more traction than the rest. There okay. was just a lot of fights. Now, a lot of people were using the Alexandria method, which was built on a metonic cycle of 19 years. But... It wasn't perfect, and it's obvious that it's not going to be perfect because you're trying to mix astronomy, a lunar calendar, and a solar calendar all together, and none of these calendars are actually perfect because, you know, the lunar calendar deals with 
29.5 days per month, but they're trying to make it 30. The uh, solar calendar at this point was a Julian calendar, which is just rife with problems. Mm-hmm. So they're they're trying to make something work that really is never going to work. And just to be clear, the Julian calendar is the antecedent for the Gregorian calendar Correct. that we use now. But the yes. Julian calendar, like, and that replaced a Roman calendar, which was also solar, right? Yes. But they had those little fiddly bits with the extra days at the end of the year, right? Everybody has like, oh, yeah. oh no calendar. And the thing about it is, mm-hmm. is no calendar works quite quite perfectly because we don't work we we don't travel around the sun and the moon doesn't travel around us in a perfect day cycle and so you end up with leap years you end up with 25.9 uh, you know 29.5 days and mm-hmm. you, all these different things because intelligence design isn't a thing <laughs> so, so uh tell me how you really feel <laughs> so okay um so so the the main problem that we run into is that at least within uh, my show, the British History Podcast, is that by the time that Rome withdrew from the far west, so the British Isles, the Celtic Christians were using an 84-year cycle. And then, basically, Rome withdrew, and you know Ireland started to become increasingly more Christian. Britain started worshipping Woden and other Nordic gods. How, but, how do you mean 84-year cycle? Like, that was their version of a century or something? Or no, like no, their... like, like uh, uh, Easter will land on exactly the same point uh, every 84 years. Ah, uh, okay. I see what you mean. Right. So so it's an 84-year cycle that they're practicing. Uh, and meanwhile, the, the world moves on. You know, the Anglo-Saxons go and, and, uh, and, and start taking root. Uh, so Eastern Britain's culture changes. They have a whole bunch of events happening. And a couple hundred years later, Rome returns with mm-hmm. St. Augustine. And by this time, Rome had moved on to a new Victorian table, which was cycling every 532 years. And they thought this was just the bee's knees. They were like, this is the best. Deal with it. And so when they re-engaged with Britain in the early 7th century, you had St. Augustine of Canterbury demanding that the Celtic Christians switch to uh, the the 532-year cycle, the Victorian mm-hmm. cycle, and ditch the 84-year cycle that they were using. And he also wanted them to cut their hair. They they had this this crazy tonsure. Like the Roman tonsure is what we think of as a tonsure, right? Yeah, the Friar Tuck type thing. Yeah, yeah, male pattern baldness, right? Right. And, but the, the, uh, the Irish tonsure, Augustine hated it. And we don't have a picture of it, uh, but what it sounds like is a sideways mohawk, like just crazy headphones that you're wearing. <laughs> and so Augustine was like, this is bullshit. You've got to cut your hair. You, you, you've got to change your calendar. This is a mess. And, and so the Celtic Christians were like, who the hell is this guy? We've been doing our thing for hundreds of years. And then you come in and say, you're in charge and you're going to tell us what to do. And so they basically told him where he could shove it. And so Augustine literally cursed them over the date, uh, the dating issue over uh, Easter and their bad haircuts. What would cursing have meant to uh, those guys at that time? Probably nothing to the the Celtic Christians. They they uh, there there's this great and I think it's mythological. But there's this great story that they met this hermit as they were walking to meet Augustine. Mm-hmm. And the hermit basically gave them a warning that if he was humble and uh, and kind, then he was of God. But if if he wasn't, then he was of, of the enemy, right? He was of mm-hmm. Satan. And uh, and then they walk in, and and uh, Saint Augustine is like, "I am fucking awesome. Do what I say." And so 
what ends up happening is they go, oh God, he's of the Antichrist mm-hmm. and or of the devil, and uh, and basically you know back away. So the curse, it, it probably would have been like getting cursed by you know a, a follower of the devil. It was probably weird, but I, mm-hmm. I you know, but what are you gonna do? You have this weird thing where uh, shortly thereafter. A bunch of British monks, and by a bunch, I mean over a thousand British monks. That's a lot of monks. That is a hell of a lot of monks mm-hmm. in Wales get killed by this pagan king, Athelfrith, sorry, uh, of Northumbria. And the accounts talk about this like this was divine retribution for not fixing their calendar. So, so this was kind of a big deal, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're dealing with scribes who are retroactively writing this stuff down. So what are you going to do? Anyway, I'm way off topic here. No, no, no. This is right. good. This is good. Okay. Monks with bad haircuts getting slaughtered. Right? Yeah. yeah. So um, so that's pretty much how it came down. You know, you had Augustine <laughs> being kind of a dick and saying, cut your hair, hippies, and fix your terrible calendar. And then after all <laughs> that happened, and you had all the monks dying because of a bad calendar, um, allegedly, mm-hmm. Rome well, figured out that the Victorian 532-year cycle was actually really problematic and didn't work out very well. So even though he went nuclear and he went and cursed a bunch of British monks over this thing, they ditched it and they went with the Dionysian calculation, which was on a 95-year cycle. So Augustine is all hot and bothered over this big cycle. He thinks it's huge. Yep. Um, He really takes it out on his underling. What I'm hearing is that middle management, here's one thing from the boss— Yells at their underlings. Yep. Then here's another thing from the boss, and they're like, oh, shit, I have to re-yell at my underlings and say something else. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's, it's a problem. Is that a fair analogy, or is it it's, is it's, a little stre- bit it, of a stretch? It's, it's, it's close to that. It, I, I, think, I think what you have here, and I love the story of Augustine here, because it's the issue of trying to match calendars, which are created by men and flawed, and are trying to take into account a imperfect uh calculation of time because of the way our uh our orbits work and then you have somebody slapping religious faith and absolute demands for for conformity on top of that Mm -hmm. and so it isn't simply a matter of i don't think that your equations are right it's a matter of if you don't follow my equation you are of the devil and <laughs> which is a real problem you know like like there's no there's no real way to kind of deal with it and the deeper irony of all of this is the fact that none of them actually focus on the real um the real the real solid part that you could focus on which are the astronomical factors right because mm. everything is focusing around the vernal equinox and that's going to happen at a certain time, regardless of how screwed up your calendar is. Right. Because it's a matter of orbits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the tilting of the Earth and all that. And so that would be where you'd want to set it. But instead of going and setting things to astronomical factors, they're sending them to calendars. And so you have people celebrating all over the place at all kinds of different times. And it was so bad that... They ended up saying, you know what, to hell with it. And in the 16th century, they decided that March 21st was definitely the vernal equinox. That was just, that was the day of the vernal equinox. And to hell with what those astronomers were saying. <laughs> and so the sun just should cooperate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and it makes sense because we're at the center of the earth and God listens to us. And, you know, but mm-hmm. the, and the thing about it is, is that, you know, the vernal equinox does land on March 21st a lot. 
but it also lands on the 19th. It also lands on the 20th. Like it, it's not, it's not a perfect thing. And it also, uh, the actual proper equinox lands at very specific times, depending on where you're at on the globe. So mm, like, yeah, this whole thing doesn't quite work. And so you've got March 21st, which seems to, you know, you would think that would make it a little bit better. But the problem is, is that not everyone's using the count, the same calendar. You've got the Julian calendar, right? Mm-hmm. Which was the bad one we were talking about. And I mean, it's not terrible, but it is not perfect. And so most people in the West had switched over to the Gregorian calendar, which was intended to fix a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. But the East didn't. And so you <laughs> <laughs> So even though everybody's like, yeah, yeah, March 21st, that's going to be the day that we start calculating Easter, mm-hmm. your March 21st might not be the same as my March 21st. So over in Byzantium land. Yes. Yeah, they're, they have a different March. Yes. So consequently, some years you're going to have three different vernal equinoxes. You're going to have the Julian calendar vernal equinox, the Gregorian calendar vernal equinox, and then the actual astronomical vernal equinox. And they might not all land on the same day, depending on the year. Mm -hmm. Which is dumb. That is dumb. (laughs) That's very dumb. So so the bay, the end result of all this is that the Gregorian Easter that is 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 being kept by Catholics will sometimes be celebrated either 4, 5 or 34 days before the Dionysian Julian Easter which is kept by most eastern churches. Mm-hmm. And both of them might be a little bit off on their calculation of what the astronomical vernal equinox is. Okay. And then uh, it gets worse. Okay, awesome. Let's make it worse. A couple hundred years uh, ago, some German Protestants decided this was stupid, uh-huh. which I appreciate. And they decided that, <laughs> that they were going to figure out the proper astronomical Easter by using Johannes Kepler's tables. But people thought that was dumb, and so they just didn't want to do it because, you know, no. <laughs> they already decided that March 21st was the day, and that was it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so, consequently... Everybody has to go on the internet to figure out when Easter is because no one fucking knows. So it has a happy ending. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) But the upside is is that virtually any day in March could be Easter because it seems like people have celebrated Easter on just about any day in March or April. So yeah. Cool. Happy Easter, Jamie. Happy Easter. (laughs) I, I wish you joy with all the Cadbury eggs that you're going to buy on Monday. Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't need feet. I'm, I'm looking forward to all this diabetes. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Thank you. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, as always, go to interestingtimespodcast.com to support the show. Uh, also, on iTunes, I love to hear from you. Uh, leave a rating. Leave a review. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash interestingtimes with Joe Streckert. I'm on Twitter, at Joe Streckert, Tumblr, joestrecker.tumblr.com. My social media name is my actual name. I'm creative like that. Thank you very much for listening. Talk to you later. Bye.